It's our first cover clinic, so you're going to want to stay tuned for this. Hi, and welcome to today's episode of the Christian Indie Writers Podcast, where we inform, encourage, and support Christian indie writers on their journey to publication. And I'm Christina Katane, and I write Christian dystopian fiction. I'm Jennifer Carl Tong, and I write historical Christian romance. I'm Jamie Hirschberger, and I write short fiction under the pen name J.R. Nichols. And uh, we are missing our fourth host, Rhonda Hagerman, who is out on the medical leave. And so we are still praying for her. And I know she would appreciate all of your guys' prayers as well. Um, so I want to thank all our listeners, the live chatters, the people that listen to us later, and those who listen to us on audio. We love you all. And we would love for you all to come join our Facebook group, the listeners of the Christian Indie Writers Podcast, um, so we can get to know you. And that would be awesome. So we start every episode. Oh, yeah. And they have a little like and subscribe and comment and share and all that. Forgot <laughs> to say that. So we like to start our episodes with a little segment we call What's Up, where we go around the table and we tell each other what is up. So, Jen, let's start with you. What is up? Well, unfortunately, it feels like I'm having oh. some tech issues. Yeah, that's hilarious because so as you this, said it, uh, worked out okay for like us today. Show. But um, I'm just going to say I'm having tech issues. And while you guys share your what's up, I'm going to see if I can figure that out. How's that sound? Okay. So, so we got a great episode. No, I think no. she's trying to okay. say we have a great episode in store for you all today. And, yeah, um, and she's got a lot of windows open because of the great episode that we have. So yeah. that might be part of the problem, unfortunately. Okay, well, I'll go next. Um, my what's up is I just got done doing the HB90 boot camp, and I have my Kanban board ready to go for the fourth quarter, Woo-hoo. and I have my plan in place, and I have my office completely redone and cleaned up and organized, and so I am a happy camper. All right. Tell us, That's what it. do you mean by HB90, Tina? Because I know you've oh. talked about it before, but someone might not have tuned into that episode. Okay. So it's Sarah Cannon, um, C-A-N-N-O-N, has this thing called HB90, and it's heart breathings. That's what the HB stands for, which is her mm-hmm. brand. And okay. 90 stands for the 90 days of a quarter. And yeah. she has a boot camp where you could go on Etsy and you can buy her planning materials for like less than $30. To help you plan a quarter. Um, but you can also take her boot camp where she like walks you through it with videos and there's like a Facebook group and there's a lot of support. So awesome. I, I signed up for that last December and then you get like your lifetime member once you sign up. Oh, okay. So well, every quarter um, I do the boot camp and I do my planning for the next 90 days. 
Good for you, making use of that membership. Um, Piper, who joined us in the chat this morning, she says, good for you. She wishes wishes she could be that organized. And we also have Teresa and Liz in the live chat. Hi, guys. Thanks for joining us. Jen's the one who usually throws your quotes up on the screen. So uh, I'll just have to shout yeah, them out for the moment. Um, and so you're right on track. And you can tell you've made some changes because we can even see in your background. I like how you have your little knickknacks artfully displayed there above your shoulder. Yeah, I, I needed space. So I bought a bunch of shelves. I have about like eight shelves to put on the wall. <laughs> there's so much junk. <laughs> well, if you love it, that's what's important. And it's good to, yeah, to put and it I on moved display. Athena's bed in here so that she can have her own kind of her own little room. Oh, so, we'll how, well, how nice for her to be. Yeah, she's going to be surrounded by things you love, which is wonderful. And she can be a part of your collection of things you love. Isn't that sweet? Yeah, sure. Okay, so what's up with you, Jamie? Well, I'm going to keep with my little trend here of sharing the Stoics um, wisdom and uh, paralleling it to biblical wisdom. And because of the topic of our episode today, um, how you can deal with change, Marcus Aurelius said, loss is nothing else but change and change is nature's delight. Um, And then, of course, Tina, can you guess which Bible verse? (laughs) Oh, boy. Uh, Put me on the spot. It's fine. But uh, when you hear it, you're going to say, yep. Uh, Ecclesiastes 3, 1, to everything there is a season. And yep, a time to every purpose under the heaven. Um, there is, I mean, change is inevitable and pain is inevitable and grief is inevitable and loss is inevitable, but so are things like joy and dancing and harvest and, uh, plenty. So, you know, you can't have one without the other as, uh, the wise sage Sinatra once said. (laughs) And, um, yeah, I mean, you know, it's the, there's not a crest of a wave without a trough of a wave and there's not um, light without, how would we recognize light without darkness, right? And a mountaintop without a valley. There you go. So um, the Stoics are very much about um, what, what do you have control over that you worry about? And you just have to leave the rest up to God because, Mm -hmm. well, if he's the orchestrator of this whole design, I think we're in good hands, right? Right. So it looks like Jen's camera is still gone. Yeah. So I'm not sure what to do about that. Yeah. If anybody in the chat. Oh, Jen's back. Oh, there she is. All right. I'm not sure. I'm try- I was behind the scenes trying to f- figure this all out and I'm not sure how well this is going to work out. Um, so anyway, yeah. Anyone have a what's up in the chat? <laughs> <laughs> no, we don't. We don't have very many chatters yet. And it could be just that it hasn't refreshed. Okay. Sometimes it's a little behind, but. But go All to right, our yeah. Facebook so, group and post your WhatsApp if you um, are unable to get to the computer to type. It's possible your hands are full of soapy, sudsy water, and uh, you can't join us in the chat, but you could always engage with us in our Facebook group. Oh, Teresa says she's been writing every day. Good for her. Okay. And she started listening to her book, which she found. Um, I think there was a little bit of drama about lost files there for a little bit. So oh, I'm really I've been there. That. Yeah, mm-hmm. I've been there. 
And Piper says, she finally came up with an ending for the storyline that's been plaguing her. Oh, that's great. It's literally been months. I I totally need to hear about that experience next time I talk to her. That's awesome. All right. So technically, Jen, you never shared your what's up. So what's up? Well, I don't even remember what my WhatsApp was going to be at this point. Is it about uh, a certain that... little girl and a oh, certain? Uh, thank you. That was it. <laughs> so my youngest turned twelve this week, and um, if you know anything about me, I'm a list maker, and I check things off, and I'm just very much like a, like at Christmas time, it's ridiculous. I have about like four or five different lists going on at the same time, but it works for me. I know what I'm doing. Like I've got a list just for the dinner, list for presents, list for like anyway. Um, so when it's birthday time or Christmas time, and I ask my girls for a list, they go to Google Docs and they put in what they want with a link to it so I can find it. And then they color code it. Well, especially Phoebe, my youngest. And she color coded everything on the list. Like everything pink is what I really want. Everything like blue is, um, I would really like this as well. Yellow was not a big deal. It'd be nice if I had it, you know, like, you know, she layers it like that. Well, this year for her birthday, she gave me her list and she had added a purple segment and the purple said, um, this is what I really, really want. And if I get this, you don't have to buy me anything else. And I was like, what in the world is she talking about then? And so I scroll down this four page list because you know, all the links and stuff are in there and I get to the bottom and it says toy poodle. (laughs) <laughs> and she didn't mean like a stuffed animal she meant like a real live toy poodle and yes it's in purple yes it's in purple <laughs> and she's been wanting it forever and so i showed my husband and he's like oh, i guess we're gonna get another dog now and i was like what we're getting another dog so that conversation this is what kind of this is an important part of the story because when i reacted that way he interpreted it as that we weren't getting a dog I, on the other hand, was like, oh, my gosh, he's going to let us get another dog. So I start shopping around for Toy Poodle to see if I can find an amazing deal. Right. Well, then come fast forward where I'm looking at dogs. He's like, what are you doing? And I'm like, I thought we're getting our dog. And he's like, we can't have another dog. You said we didn't. We weren't. He said to me, you said we weren't going to get a dog. I'm like, what? So that that all happened. But the problem was, is I had ordered no other presents. Right. And so now I'm like, ah. And so. That night, I could not sleep well at all. And I woke up the next morning. I'm like, I'm going to look one more time and see if I can find a really great deal. And popped up on on the website, popped up this, uh, a brand new post and the sweetest little dogs. One was like an apricot color. One was like a, 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 was all black. And I grew up with an all black little itty bitty toy poodle. And I'm like, if that's a girl, that's the one we want. And sure, I call. I got a hold of the breeder, and she was just a lady that did it one time. She's like, I don't think I'm ever going to do it again. I just thought, you know, it'd be fun experience for my grandkids. And um, so um, the grandkids are playing with it, whatever. The, the black one was the girl, and mm-hmm. I said, well, c- would you take any less? And she's like, well, I just posted. I said, well, let me tell you my story. So I told her the story. I told her all about my daughter, how responsible she is, how it's really the only thing that she's wants. She's been asking for a long time, but we weren't planning on getting a dog. And, and she's just like, I have a really good feeling about this. And she knocked the price down so far that we couldn't say no to it. And so she didn't think she was getting a dog and we got her a little poodle. And she, cause she always said if she wanted a dog, she'd carry on in a bag. Now, will this dog get carried on a bag? Probably not. But like, <laughs> I thought to play into the theme, I bought this big purse and I put the puppy in there with her blanket that I'd gotten her 
and wrapped it up. And she's so good. She just sat in there, waited for it to be opened. <laughs> just sat there. I held the bag. There's more to the story. I could go on and on because my dad had to watch the dog for the weekend and he fell in love with this little puppy. It's anyway, so cute. Oh, my goodness. We put it in the bag in front of her and she started opening it and she saw something moving. She thought we'd wrapped up a cat. Because we had teased her. Someone in the family had teased her about wrapping up a cat. They also had teased her. They were going to give her toilet paper for Chris for her birthday. And she got toilet paper for her birthday from one of her <laughs> sisters. So she thought this is like she thought it was a mean prank, you know. And then she's like, so she was really, you know, nervous because she's like, she wanted it to be a dog. But she just knew it was a cat. And she moved it. And all of a sudden it popped its head up. And then like it reached out for her. And she started crying. It was the best. Oh, my little girl crying and so happy about this puppy. So did you yes. get it on video? Yes, yeah, so we have it on video and oh, pictures. Good. I posted it on my personal page. Um, but uh, yes, this uh, we are the, the crazy people that have four dogs now. You need to take four. a picture of the new dog at least and put it in our Facebook okay. group for the podcast because now you cannot do that to our listeners and tell them all about I this know. dog and then not reward them with a cute little picture. I, I like will a menagerie over there. You have chickens. And- <laughs> <laughs> if we could just put up a fence, around, which we should put up a fence around our whole yard, we would just like be a refuge for whatever you animal could, yeah you in. could charge like two bits a person to come in and see or you could be like one of those uh cat libraries but be a dog one and just like mm-hmm. let people come in and read books uh-huh if you got mm-hmm. a couple goats you'd never have to mow the lawn <laughs> yeah that's my girls want those you know those little mini ones uh, yeah mini, that's they're the, so cute that's what my girls keep asking us for and i'm like there is no way we are getting. That's what you say about everything. So I nobody know. believes you anymore, Jennifer. <laughs> I will post pictures, but if you're watching live right now, there she is. So with the, she's so happy. Yeah. And then I got a picture of it. You can totally see that she had been crying, but you probably won't be able to tell live Aww. on here. But yeah, she's, she's so responsible too. Of course, you know, puppy, you have to get up really early because they have to go potty. She jumps out of bed every morning. She takes care. She makes sure she gets fed. Like she's just been really good. So Piper wants to know what even is a bit. And I will tell you, it's half of what you need to get a shave and a haircut. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, all right. Uh, so Liz had a, what's up. She said, she did the sprint, but her tiny boy cut it a bit short. Oh, little. Oh, but we still want to read it. Aww. Yes, so yes. Make sure Share that you us. post it. Yeah, on the next nap time. See if you can make your way over to the group. Um, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. Piper says, what an amazing story, Jen. I bet your girl is so happy. Mm, and is. Teresa says she's really excited for Piper finding out her ending. Yeah, that's definitely something to celebrate. And uh, Teresa says, way to go, Liz. Yeah, way to do the sprint today. Do that sprint, guys, because you are writers. And, you know, if you have a website with nothing to put on there, we're kind of spoon feeding you. Every Friday, do this sprint. We got to 600 Twitter subscribers, mostly because Jennifer every Friday posts that sprint prompt. So it's basically one interaction a week is getting us Twitter followers. So imagine if you even did one interaction a week on your personal blog or and this could be it doing this sprint every week. You could possibly grow your social media following just by participating with our writing sprint. Okay, and with that, let's transition into today's topic. Um, I'm a little excited about today's mm-hmm. topic. 
Um, we are going to have a cover clinic. And so the question we're asking is, can your cover be resuscitated or is it DOA? So by the end of the day, we should all be able to take our covers and go and find out if how our cover is doing compared to other books in our genre. So... Right, because we want to make it really clear: we are not cover experts, not and we're not. Close. We're not coming out of here to say this, but I've learned we've learned a few things over the years. I've learned some things even really recently of how to figure it out yourself. And I thought, well, this is something that needs to be shared. Because first of all, um, I know I talk about that. I I'm in other Facebook groups, and um, the thing that like breaks my heart is I'll see someone share a couple covers and say, which one you like better or share a cover in or um, even to in a reader group, which, which read uh, you readers, which cover would you like better? But it, sometimes the most beautiful cover isn't going to sell the books. And if we are all just like giving our opinion on what we think looks nicer or is a brighter picture, like that might not be the, the point. Right. And so we thought this would probably be a good thing for us to really spend some time and go over with you guys and hopefully it will be it'll make sense yeah i mean because as you look around there are certain things that are just givens and Mm -hmm. so you know if you were to pay for some expensive course and then go pay for a different expensive course and then go pay for a different expensive course you likely would start to see that there are some things that they just universally advise yeah and um those are kind of the things that uh, we try to focus on the the things that kind of are universally accepted as best practices because covers sell books. Um, well, if they don't sell books, they certainly can keep books from selling. Agreed. And, you know, we don't always know what's going to sell a book, but we can go by look at things and figure this out. Because like, yeah. say, for instance, you ask readers what they like. Readers don't always know why they pick a book. I don't always know after watching a movie trailer why I want to watch a movie or don't want to watch a movie. But you better believe that the director of that trailer knows exactly what to do in that trailer and and how to like everything about it, the music and everything to get me to want to watch that movie. So it's if I see a trailer um, with a a boy and a girl running across a field towards each other. I'm like flipping the channel. But if I see a trailer with a dragon like swooping down and breathing fire at people, then I'm paying attention. Mm-hmm. And so right, it's the same what... thing with your book covers. Right, exactly. Okay. So um, just so you guys know, too, this is not a science. It's just an experiment that we're doing. I got this idea from a coach in um, Brian Cohen's author ad school. Um, so that, that costs money. It's a sizable amount of money. But for me, it's so far. So that's why I've not really reported on it yet of how it's going, because I'm like really giving it time before, because you guys know we, we like we're cheap and we want you guys to like not spend money where you don't need to spend money. So, but this is an idea that I got from one of the coaches, a few of the coaches actually. So, all right. So first of all, you have to do the research and here's, we're going to start. I'm going to share a screen. This is where I think the problem is going to, is going to be is when I'm sharing screen, but Okay, so here is the lovely Lost in the Land of the Midnight Sun by author Christina Catane. And so we're going to start here with ourselves. We figure we might as well start here and look at ourselves, correct? So this is Tina's book. Now, Tina, you did it yourself and you did some research, correct? Mm-hmm. Tell us yes, how you but did it that was research. Uh, six years ago and I didn't have a clear idea of what 
genre I was going to be marketing my book mm-hmm. in. And so when I went looking, I was thinking dystopian, so like Hunger Games. Mm-hmm. And I was also thinking like Left Behind. And at the mm-hmm. time, the Left Behind covers all had sunsets on them. Mm-hmm. So like um, I kind of merged this uh, Hunger Games with the sunset kind of idea and made a, and I made a cover. And I think that's absolutely a great idea of doing that. So um, that's the research we did back then. What I'm learning is that because I did the same thing. I went and found books that were similar to mine and that I liked. And then I tried to base them similarly off of that. But that's just like the first layer. What we need to do is when we do the research and I stop sharing screen because my notes are hidden now. Um, when we do the research, we have to look at the top selling books of our genre because say for instance i love this one karen kingsbury book but it might be three or four years old and that might not be a bestseller right now what are people buying right now that's what we have to look at when when creating our book covers and unfortunately if you're like me and you write romance people are saying that 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 the trends are changing every couple years that's but we'll get into that later so um we're going to let me show you how to get to the best sellers. I have to move this over here. Sorry, guys. I'm moving things around. Okay. So we're on Tina's page again. And you're like, well, how do I know? I'm going to make this bigger too. I did a lot of graphics for this, guys. So I'm sorry if it seems like. All right. So here's Tina's selling page. If you want to know what the genres are that your book is in, you scroll down, down past the reviews and where it says product details. And you'll see right down here are her different the genres that she's in. Well, guess what? If you click one of those one of those links, it takes you to the best sellers in that genre. So now le- what you do when you're in here. Now let's look at this. So this is Christian fantasy. You start to look for things that are common threads, common things that you see in the book. So I want to look at it up close first, and then I'm going to have us scale back so we can see a lot of them together. Are we supposed to chime in here? Because yes, please. I will tell you, I only see one cover that is not darker. Like yes. there's only one cover where the, the overall feeling of it is bright, right? right. The others all feel like a stormy cloudy day. <laughs> Let's scroll down and see if that holds true. Okay. Pretty much. There are some lighter ones, but even the lighter ones, like this one here, that's got a lot of light in the center. It's got a lot of dark behind it. Yeah. It's not yellow. It's more, um, yeah. Now there's one that kind of sticks out over there mm -hmm. to the right. Yeah. And the point is you don't really want to be the one that sticks out. Do you? I mean, like, is that what we're saying? Oh, I like that one with the hand with the globe on it. Mm -hmm. That's really eye catching to me. Yeah, because when readers read a book that they really like, and then they're looking for something that is similar, that make going to make them feel similar, they're, so they're going to look for a cover that makes them feel similar to the cover that they just read. Now, they're not going to consciously do that. They're not going to say, let me go find right. a cover that looks... They don't. They start flipping through books, and then they see a book cover that reminds them subconsciously of what they have read, and then they're like, oh, what's this one? And something clicks in them, right? It's a comfort level. Right. Yes. And that's Can why I, I was just, using the word feel because it feels like it might be the same. Yeah, the like cover. it might be a cozy, comfy sweater. Like when mm-hmm. you see a sweater that's cut the way your favorite sweater is cut, you're more likely to try it on. Jennifer, yeah. um, did we talk about the fact that this is not published? This is all self-published, this search? I, I just, no, sorry, these I kind of. 
No, oh, these, these are, are all these traditional. Are, these are all traditional. This okay. is everybody. This is the top 100. Okay. However, when you are looking at them, if you find a traditionally published one and it doesn't seem to fit the rest of the genre, then ignore it. Because yeah. if, you, if you're Karen Kingsbury, you don't have to follow the norms. People are going to buy your book no matter what. <laughs> and sometimes the um, the publishing houses will experiment with their big names to see what flies. Right. And then they might change their all of their standards to go along with that. But don't just jump on that bandwagon yet because they don't know for sure. But this is why this is important, though, is that you got to look at the traditionally published books, too, because guess who has all the money to put into the research about like the psychology of book covers and the colors and the trends? The It's those big book companies that are the ones that have all that money to do the research. And then we look at what they're doing and we follow suit because they they put the time and money into it. Right now. If you go up here on your window, if you're using Chrome, it's right up here in the upper right corner and you hit the three dots, you can take your zoom out and we're going to go out to 50%. Now we're still in Christian fantasy. Now we can see it all together. And again, Jamie's, Jamie noticed it correctly. They are very dark. Mm -hmm. So, oh, I meant to point out too fonts. The fonts all are serif fonts. Um, there are a few exceptions, but in as a whole, they're all using serif fonts. You don't see a whole lot of mixing of fonts. They might have different sizes, but they usually use the same font. And we'll talk about in romance how they it's different in romance. But speaking of which, what mm -hmm. is that one book that is one, two, three, four, four down all the way to the right? What is that? Because it's, to it right. totally looks like a romance cover. That one. I what agree. Is that? What is that book? I just it, I think know. it's a romance, like a romance. book. I think uh -huh. it's misplaced. There wow. might have maybe it has it fantasy could, elements in it, but it could be a fantasy romance. But mm. do you see why you want to make sure you're in the right genres? When we first started writing, now not really published, but when we first started writing, there are people that were telling you to find a really underserved like um Niche. category. Yeah. And put yourself in that category so you can hit number one. No. Don't do that because you come to this. So let's look at this person is at number 40. But if I am a Christian fantasy writer or reader, excuse me, I'm probably not, I'm not going to care about that. I might click on it and be like, why is this in here? But that is not going to attract me. Right. And also mm -hmm. I can be, I could be number one in this category mm -hmm. every single day for the entire year and not make enough money to pay for advertising because it only takes in the little category. Books. Yes. In yeah. the little categories. Right. But you're in multiple categories. So, but what we're saying yeah, is right. that there are readers out there, right? So you want yeah. the readers that are out there that like your genre to be able to find you because, you know, you're fitting the genre. So the things that right. you look for are what colors seem to dominate the page? What types of fonts do you see? Do the covers use more than one type of font? Uh, all right, images. We didn't talk about images. What do they have in common? I see a lot of, when I look at this, I see a lot of the font on top with the image down below. Um, I don't I do, see too many people, right? I see some people, some I wouldn't people. even say it's 50, 50. And that's because some of these are probably not only Christian fantasy, but they're also science fiction or they're mm -hmm. also, you know I mean? They're like, they kind of cross genre. Um, and I do see colors like we see very dark, but the colors we see, I do see a lot of orange when I look at this orange and yellowish and some, there are some blue. So you Take but notes the darker so, oranges and yellows. Yes, the darker oranges. So when you're when you're doing this, take notes. Just write down everything you see and in your the genres that you want. Mm -hmm. Right in the genres that you're looking at. So I did a little bit of background uh, work. I photoshopped 
some of Tina's. All right. So let's open this up. I wish I had multiple monitors. This would be so much easier. Oh, okay. Oh, and don't worry. This, I, Piper is speaking up that she's worried about her covers being all wrong for her genre. But I mean, so I mean, there's it's nothing is unfixable. Agreed. Well, we still have you, Jen, but you seem like you're a little delayed. Okay, here we go. Okay. Hmm, there's Tina's. Okay, so here is cover number one and cover number two. And now here is Christian fantasy, like we, we just looked at, but I Photoshopped Tina's books in. Now, do they stand out immediately where they are? Because if they do, that's a problem. Kind of, yeah. One, you want sure. your books to blend in. Yeah. Yeah. Like the if you... One for sure. If you notice... your first one... Yeah, one down and one to the left of Tina's, uh, two, two to the left of Tina's is another one with that same color scheme. And um, they mm -hmm. both look kind of, you know what I mean? Like spot yes. the difference in one of the, <laughs> in a highlights right. magazine, you would like your eye goes directly to those. All right. So let's go to another category that Tina's listed in. And this is Christian science fiction. So we haven't looked at this yet. Again, the purple stands out. The other book is blending in a lot better. Yeah. Um, but we look at this and it's a little different. Now we see people, right? So now you would see why somebody like Tina, who is, is doing both genres, would have a person in there, but would still want to fit in on both. You know, so how do they do that? They're still having dark backgrounds. You still see lots of the orangish yellow, the dark colors um, and some blues in there. Um, but they're still and they're still using um they're still fitting in that way. What I notice the difference though, look at the fonts. These are all sans serif fonts. Mm -hmm. So if you, if your stronger genre, what you really fit into would be science fiction and not fantasy, you would be using a sans serif as opposed to a serif. Yeah. And um, it's interesting about the people being on the cover. Now, let me just point out that Tina's purple one is a book too, right? So yeah. I would I would argue that like she really needs to get book one perfecto um, because book two, she obviously just made it a different color mm -hmm. so that she would have, you know, recognition from people who like her book. Right. Like so right. she's hoping people will recognize that logo and recognize it as a book that they like. But I do I do appreciate this exercise. Like I'm not kind of trying to say that she shouldn't also like she maybe could have gone darker blue mm -hmm. instead of this purple color right right exactly or maybe stayed with orange but with a different picture behind the logo i mean there's lots of things that you can do um so at this point okay. we're just taking notes we're not making any sort of decisions big decisions right now right we're still mm -hmm. at the of the note making uh, the note making decision yeah, part of this so, okay gotcha all right one more category that she's in and this is religious science fiction and fantasy now again dark but not as dark so this is a lot more i think of cross genre the science fiction and fantasy cool because obviously it's science fiction and it's fantasy <laughs> so there's a lot more like for you there's more purple i do see some more purple. i do see more purple yeah um but again the purple one does stand out more than the orange right yeah and this kind of makes tina's purple book look like that romance book remember it right. like kind of almost looks like well, this is not what these other books are. Right. The orange one, you don't even really, like, it does not catch your eye so much here. Right. But, yeah. And uh, another thing to point out, too, like, when you're doing your research, see in the middle here where it says new releases, you could click on. That's a good place to go, too. Go see, like, new releases and look at, like, the 
big name um, publishers or big name authors in your genre and see if they have new releases, see what their book looks like. Like there might be some new trends that are showing up, but again, we're gathering notes here. Um, all right. So that's Tina's book. So I'm not going to just put her up on the, I keep saying chopping block. That's not the right word, but <laughs> we're not going to put her on up stage her, on stage. She's not the only one. We're going to look at mine as well. Because- I just want to add a final comment to mine is mine is the perfect example of covers that are pretty that don't meet the genre expectations. <laughs> That's very anymore. I agree. And I would say mine would be as well. So here we're going to, I don't know why I keep hitting stop share. Yes, clearly, clearly the covers passed muster when we would like, we were looking at them and saying, oh, what great covers um, at the time. So uh, it does not mean that you are not doing good work or that you made a bad quote unquote decision. And again, this is for selling books. If you're just like, I don't care if I ever sell a book, I'm writing for me and I want my covers to please me. Go ahead, girl, you do you. But what we're talking about is trying to sell books because um, I don't think that I have marketable covers, but I like my covers, so whatever. Mm. But um, if you want to sell, you've got to follow some conventions, right, ladies, would you say? Yeah. And this is my first book. And I agreed with what what Jamie said about getting your first book um, best because people are going to start, no matter how you advertise or they happen across you, they're going to go find the first book of the series and start there. So the first book is really the one that you market the best. So if you have one cover, start with your first book. So this is my first book. I loved it when I did it. I loved all my covers. I'm I not love saying that I, font. Yeah. I, I mean, so this is where I'm at. So I, we're going to go to my first. So here I am in historical Christian romance and I, I put my book in there and is it, can, does it stick out quickly? Do you see it quickly? I mean, not, not so, so much. much. There's right. some blue sky above you. Yep. Like there's a, that's wise because you have blue sky there. And so yeah. you, that, that part makes you blend. Right. But certainly right. your big giant person is an outlier, like for yes. sure, but it doesn't, yeah, it's not so glaring, but for sure it does not match the others. That one and the one in the upper right most corner, I think are the two that pull my eyeballs. Right. Um, so well, I that's think an that audio book. Be... I hate when that is when, it. Yeah. When you see square, it's not even supposed to be there. I don't know. It's like a Amazon, whatever, but oh, so let's sure. talk about what we see in romance. We can see there's blue skies are a big trend and one person, maybe two on your cover, but not like mine are big. It is like they're, they're in some sort of scene, usually an outdoor scene, usually some sort of landscape with a blue sky behind. That's a big font. Uh, that's a big, um, Trend. And they aren't hovering over the world. Yes. What is right next? That to you? was is a that really popular a trend. The one right next to you is that just someone's Where? head? I'm on, like right next to your book, right like, to your to right. right. Oh, yeah, exactly. That's just a head. So that see, that was a very popular trend, and there are still some books that are be rele- being released like this, especially in Christian romance. But the trend really is moving toward the one person in a scenery, blue skies, um, and so my font is. My font is not too far off. Still having some sort of script type font, generally though mixed with a serif font. You'll see the one next to me has a script and a serif font. Um, this one up here has kind of a scripty serif. This uh, one here by um, Ashton Newbold has got a, a script and then a serif. So I'm not too far off with that. So I could probably stay with, because I've really branded that font in a lot of stuff. So I could probably and- stay with the font. 
Let me ask you. So the the big head next to you, that's her shoulders. Like she's not floating above the city kind of a thing. No, right? she like is. This, she's floating she above is. the city. Yes. Got it. Got it. Okay. No, I just was clarifying because it's just hard to see in the picture. Yeah. Okay. Got it. Got it. Got it. Can you so, explain again? Because you explained this to us when we were talking about the episode. But can you explain the difference between the serif and the sans serif? The Yes. This Times New Roman this is a serif at the end of each of like the, the lines, it has like a, a, like a line that sticks out like a foot. Yes. Mm-hmm. And uh, sans serif means without serif. I, actually, you guys, I always have a trouble remembering you guys help me figure that out. Um, so sans serif doesn't have that. It's just like the straight fonts. Like um, I can't find it on this. Courier. Isn't courier. courier sans yes. Serif? Mm-hmm. Yes. So it doesn't have that little extra stroke coming down off of each line. Yes, yeah, science fiction generally is sans serif, and I think like um, thriller are um or like um oh what does Mark Dawson write? I guess that's like thriller, like you know. Yeah, that's like a crime stuff. thriller. Crime thriller, yeah. that kind of stuff is usually sans serif. Um, but we don't need to, if that's not your genre, don't worry about it. We only want you to focus on your genre and really get to learn and to know your genre. So now I'm looking at this top 100 and which ones do I, you know, I'm going to make my notes. I'm going to say that I see blue skies, um, by far much lighter covers than what in Tina's genre. Yeah, for sure. There's only like one dark one that I see and it really sticks out. It looks like here. Yeah. That's the one. It looks like it belongs with those other ones we were looking at. That is traditionally published. That wow. is Francine Rivers, like probably <gasps> the queen of my genre. And it's her latest book. And like, remember what I said, they're going to try new things and see if it flies. Right. So it may be that we go this direction. In yeah, our genre. she might start it know. off because everybody might try to copy hers because it's selling. You but I know. will I will say that if you look at her John, her covers from the past several books that she's done, they have all been different than what is the norm in the genre. And people have not followed suit. I think she just is her own kind yeah, of she can island. sell anything. She yeah. can sell anything. And right. her topic, her subject matter sometimes can be uh heavy. But John, okay, so the floating head next to you. I'm sorry I keep belaboring it. Is that a trad pub or like is that someone who can just I'm gonna say, do whatever cover? Um, no. Uh you know what? I was gonna say it's not trad pub because it's a dollar fifty nine for um this um for this, but it is, it is a trap hub publisher. So the reason this might be an older book Could and be. here's what I think. I think they're her trad publisher put the price way down to, I've never seen a dollar 59. That's very strange. There's a few of them up here. Um, yeah. So yeah, they're kind of having Peterson. a closeout sale. <laughs> so that's what it is. So here's what's going on right now. I'm glad you pointed that out. So Tracy Peterson, Rachel Ford, those are trad published. Uh, romance authors and they were not up and if you last week or two weeks ago would have looked at the bestsellers in my genre they were indie authors they were not trad published so maybe the trad publishers are like wait a minute and are, are trying to get up there so yeah because there's a lot of trad published people up here now that i'm looking at this wow so okay number one is number three is uh um yeah i'm having a hard time anyways there's a lot in there a lot more than normally are so okay um, but again, like, how do you find that out? Like you, you I say just that, know my genre. You just know your genre. See, I know my genre. I spend a lot of time. Mm-hmm. If yeah. you really want to know, you open a new window on Amazon and mm-hmm. in the search bar, type the name of the book. And when you get that whole list of book covers, mm-hmm. it'll say, it'll say, have a publisher. If it says Amazon services, LLC, 
that's definitely self-published. Yes, but Jenna's you right. Can see yes. the... uh, sorry, T, right. I don't mean to talk over you. No, you're fine. I was just all right. We're gonna go through my next one here really fast. So um Oh, I guess I got to go backwards. Sorry. So then this is Christian mystery and suspense romance, which you were like, you'd be like, what? Like, but believe it or not, my book sells really well in Christian suspense. And I didn't, if you think about it, if you've read my books, there is always some sort of like something you don't like a mystery of some sort, but it's, I don't feel like it's mystery heavy, but like in Christian romance, it's, I guess it falls in that. But so I, I, I feel like these books are a little bit darker. I feel like my book stands way out in this genre, but it's funny because I sell more in this genre, but so that's that. All right. So we asked in our Facebook group, if you're not a member, please go over there and join it. We have a lot of fun over there. We asked in our Facebook group, if there would be any of our listeners who would be willing to put their book up for our perusal in the same way. And we had a few people that were willing to do that. We really appreciate that. So we're going to try to run through this really quick with those that were willing to do that. And I'm going, so if you sent me your link um, before this morning, then I was able to do it. So we're gonna try to go through it. First, we're going to start with our friend. Oh, you guys, I keep hitting the wrong button and I close out the screen, which is so silly. Yeah, so we had, so we long. had a really overwhelming response and we really appreciate it. So, um, we, we, Jen had to be able to do some manipulation. So she really needed the link. So if you didn't right. send a link, we just want you to know, uh, that's right. why we didn't get to yours. Okay. So first off, this is Liz. She has two books. She has one called Anne Visible, the a kingdom tale, and she has one called Viridian dreams. So okay, let's start wait. off. Uh -huh. So can I just say, so, so I'm just going to say about that first one that I believe it's about a girl who can turn invisible and, um, it might have like a romance. It looks romance to me. So maybe a, a romance about a girl who can turn invisible. That's just my first impression. Okay. okay. And then the second one, I, I for sure see fantasy when I look at it because of the purple and like the sparkles. sparkles. Mm -hmm. And then this one, I, first of all, I think it's beautiful. Yeah, this is a beautiful dark. cover. She's yeah. Mm -hmm. This is uh, yeah, uh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay, so that's the but different genre. The, got the it, got beautiful it. covers sell. This is the problem: is they don't always sell. So let's look at. It. All right, so she's also in Christian fantasy. I think that. What, like, can you guys pick out her books? Quickly? I couldn't until like just now. Like I just right. like so it was not so bad. Now there's more yellow, but I do see a lot of blue and purple. So right. it's pretty good. It's just brighter, I think, maybe than the most of them. So I think that the the her first book, the um, Invisible, stands out more than the Viridian Dreams, but I still think it can fit within here. I can't read the title at all on mm -hmm. Invisible. Well, um, my screen is so tiny. So well, that's I'm the not... point. I know it is it is tiny, but the, also the point is is that you're just supposed to be looking at it from like a eagle eye view. Yeah, I would want bigger in. font for sure. Yes. I would want bigger font. Um, and I love Viridian Dreams. I, Viridian Dreams. I think it fits in color wise. Um, I can't even find it. Where is it? I put her at number two. Cause. Oh, wow. I, I so, yeah, you guys really blends in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. It does blend in. I would say that in this genre, there's more like realistic pictures and less like art in, in this genre. You're right. Um, yeah. But Gosh, I love that cover though. What about I do. And I, but, <laughs> but I'm not saying that she's too far off, you know? So let's, but, cause this is Christian fantasy here. She is in religious and science fiction. Now, I think the purple fits in a little bit better here. You've got some purple going on down uh -huh, here. Yep. Um, but still, the blue, as far as science fiction and fantasy, the blue is not as prevalent as the gold. 
If but, she just even tinted it to be a little more green, that might help, right? Maybe. I mean, but, but I don't still, know. If there's I see people everywhere. But here. is this a case too for her that like she never intended on being in this genre, but she people from this genre buy her? You know, like right. with me with with mystery, I never intended on being there. Yeah, and she's got one more now. This one, this is where I, I think she shines. Yeah, teen and young adult Christian fantasy. Now I don't mm-hmm. know if her Invisible is a young adult book or not, but it sure by the cover. If I were to guess, I would guess that it was. Also, yeah. look at the number one book over here. The girl who looked beyond the stars is not a realistic picture. It's beautiful. It reminds me a lot of of um, Liz's cover. I just feel like that that if this is not her genre, if she doesn't want her book to be marketed in this area, then maybe her covers are off. But if her book is, this is like, if this is her dream genre, then I think that she did really well. With yeah. Her book she's covers. pretty good. I still would maybe make want bigger font on invisible for sure. Maybe mm-hmm. I agree for sure. So, <clears throat> okay. So that, wa- that was, wow. Liz. And I know did she we're running buy those or did she make those? Gosh, good know. job. Yeah, I'm not sure, but I would love to know that. But um, because they look very professional. Yeah. All right. And so next week, we're going back to Christian romance. And I'm going to make it fix the screen big. And this is our friend, Joan. Joan is also uh, one of our members of our group and uh, has been on um, in our chat before. Friend, she has yeah. two books out. <clears throat> the One Who Knows Me and The One Who Loves Me. I have to say, I have seen this. um, I don't know. Do you call these animated people? I have seen this around. Yeah. Illustrated. Mm -hmm. Okay. So I have seen it. Mm -hmm. Same here. So you're going to be surprised, I think, when you see it in the genre. So here is Black and African-American Christian fiction, which is where she is listed. And if this is her target, then her book covers, there's no one else in the top 45 doing that. I would say if I looked at that book, I would have guessed it was young adult, right? Like, so Um, like, that's what I would have guessed. Just like looking at browsing books, I would have thought here's a young adult work as I picked it up to like read the back or whatever. Do you know what I mean? As a romance reader, I would have said rom-com. Ah, yeah. And unfortunately there is no Christian rom-com. There isn't. Ooh, why not? I know, well, I, I don't. Maybe enough of us don't no write Christian it. There's no Christian dystopian either. So, right. and that's really so, where I feel like I fit. The Jonah, next, if yours is rom com, you need to be a trailblazer. <laughs> all right. Well, she is. I mean, she can be. It's just we got to get Amazon on board with that, right? If enough of yeah. us start writing it. But now here is in just Christian romance. Now here's it's the better. problem with Christian romance: is it's too broad, right? Yeah. Christian romance is everybody. So you're gonna get everything from Christian romantic suspense which I sell really well in to historical Christian romance to Christian. But this is the only place that like, if you're rom-com that you like, this would be where you would choose. Um, so you're looking at this, she does fit in better, but again, no, there's no other illustrated covers, mm-hmm. but I love her covers. Like, so oh, stick with me, Joan. I do. I love your covers. So me don't, too. Th- like, here's my suggestion. Those two are where she is listed. But look, I, because I read this genre, I looked at that and I, I said, okay, I, these are the authors I think she fits in with. And I went and looked at what genres they were in. And I think, now look at. Uh, oh, look at that. So this is clean and wholesome romance, mm. not technically Christian, but most of these books are going to be Christian. Now, if you quickly look at this, can you pick your books out quickly? Nope. You can't. I can't even find them. Because there's other illustrated they have books. completely blended in. 
Yeah. yeah. And I think, and there's, this is where you're going to find rom-com that would have the values. I mean, it may not be, some of them are Christian, some are not, but they're going to be the values that someone like me who wants to read a rom-com would go to. So if Joan is not Mark, I think that this would be, and it's a larger market. So more yeah. money. So mm-hmm. Joan, if you're listening and you like, you might want to consider changing your categories and trying to get into this category. Cause I think this is where you're going to shine. So. Yeah, yeah, for sure. People are going to want to scoop up her book if they like these other covers. Agreed. Now, I don't know how much time we have left because we had some issues earlier today, but. How many more do it you is have? 10.50. Ooh, darn it. Um, I, I'm trying to hit escape right now. Um, let me tell you how many I have. And then we might have to make the decision to do the rest in the. Um, I only have one more. Oh, okay. Is it okay if we go over a little bit today? It's okay for me. I don't know it's about for me. Bandana. All right. Apologize for this being a long episode, everybody. But I feel like that this will, I appreciate everybody like putting their book up there for us to look at and to look at the categories. Right. So, all right. So this is from our friend, Crystal. Oh, I really like that cover. So, <laughs> so what would you guess is her genre? By looking uh, at this, no, we're not. We're not uh, experts, see, right? You've educated me too much now, so okay. it's not I as organic. Say, I want to say literary, like women's mm. fiction, maybe literary. Uh-huh. I would think that if you like Tina's book, you would like this book. Really, That's what I would think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. So, just because it's orange, right? Do you know what I mean? It's okay. orange and it has that scenery. I mean, it just completely. But now you got that font, though, that says romance. But when mm-hmm. I look at it, I, I don't think it's a romance. I feel like it's some kind of like it, like a journey to find yourself kind of story. <laughs> well, she one of her categories is Christian mystery and suspense romance, where I am as well. Oh, and so can you find her book? Yes. Yes. Um, it's not terrible because there are other ones that have purple and orange and pink in it, but you can find it. And again, like I said, maybe she didn't choose this. Maybe she's just selling there. Yeah. Southern fiction. Can't find it. Yeah. It fits Where in much it? better. I don't it's, even know. Oh, there it is over, over there. there. Mm-hmm. So lots of, in Southern fiction, lots of green and orange, lots of it. You can see, I mean, it's like, I guess. Piper is guessing that it's a fairy tale retelling based on the image, but she's not sure based on the title. Interesting. And contemporary Christian fiction. I believe it is contemporary Christian fiction, which Tina was not far off because women's literary fiction, lots of, a lot of times the books between contemporary Christian fiction and con- Christian literary fiction, they go back and forth because mm-hmm. there's generally some sort of romance in that. Not always, but uh, again, I think that if it's better in here as well, again, contemporary Christian, we already talked about this. It's super broad. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but with the the two types of fonts and the um the um in contemporary Christian, you're gonna find so this isn't just Christian fiction, it's contemporary Christian fiction. You're gonna find um lots of scenery, you're gonna see lots of like like this one here is a barn, and you're gonna see lots of things like that, not actually <laughs> not actually people, right? Yeah. Where mm-hmm. historical people is definitely a yeah, challenge. good point, really good um, point. And so I think a lot of these are off are off mark. I think that she fits well in here, even though it doesn't initially show up that way. But, Mm -hmm. um, so, um, so yeah, I, I think that the one thing that stands out to me about her cover that I would maybe change for me is the, the fonts. I don't see her name hardly at all. And the font, the faith is just a little too big. Oh, the other thing I forgot to point out too, in, in romance, white, white titles are like the thing. 
there are so many white titles wow um, on that and so this one here is not as much but the historical romance i noticed that everybody's cover even the lighter covers have white font so that's hmm. just something to think about hmm. so yeah all right well i appreciate everybody participating i hope this was helpful again we are not experts we're just here like trying to show you how do you figure these things out because everyone will tell you oh your book doesn't fit genre well how do i know how do i mm-hmm. figure this out and you know so, if you can't afford to take a course or pay an expert and you got to do it yourself. It's good to know how to do it yourself. Even if you're going to pay someone to do your book covers, you need to give them suggestions. You need to send them covers. These are the ones I want you to like be like. Because if you just tell them contemporary Christian romance and they go to this themselves, like how would they, you know, the one we just showed you, how would they know which one you want to be like, you know? So what do you do if, if the, the book doesn't? Go ahead. I was just going to say, if the, if the, conventions are changing every couple of years then right. you need to know when that happens so you probably need to do this like when you're doing your annual annual planning or something make it part of that to go and look and point. see how your covers look right so what do you do if your book doesn't match your genre right well first quit of all, writing forever and no, whoops, go to your bed with Hagen das and never resuscitate this is why Jamie is not the only person on here giving advice. Just so, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you're all right, so it depends. What do you do? Well, it depends. Is your book selling? Because if yeah. it's selling, then don't do anything. Yeah. Don't touch it. So let's go back to my book cover. My book cover is not matching the trends right now. But guess what, ladies and gentlemen? My book is selling. Yeah. Like I am doing this. I'm I'm looking at conversion rates and my conversion rate is through the roof right now. And all I have to do is to figure out how to ramp up to get more people to see it. Cause the more people mm-hmm. see it, then the more we'll buy it. Um, so I'm not touching anything on right. my books right now. When sales start to slump, then I'll look at it again. Right. If your books are not selling, well, then you may have some homework to do. Study your genre. Like I've done, take some notes and get a clear idea and don't, and then don't get worried. Cause like maybe you don't have time or money is too much, but don't forget about get covers. Remember we talked about that several weeks ago, several episodes ago. And one of our listeners, Christine Joseph's tried them out. And if you go to our face, our Facebook group page, she shared uh, the image and it was fantastic. She, and she not only got a beautiful cover, but it's spot on for genre. So you can go look at our Facebook group for that. Well, and not only that, but your cover might not be the problem anyway. So mm-hmm. you can revisit your blurb. So you don't necessarily need to make a change to the cover, I think is what you're saying, right. Jen. But maybe right. if your cover fits, come back next week for our blurb clinic. We are going to be looking at blurbs next week. So if you're in our Facebook group, we're going to put a post up for that. If you would like to submit your blurb uh, for us to look at next week, then we'll have a post that you can go onto the Facebook group and do that as well. So, and they need to send you the link, right? Like not put the blurb in the post. Yeah. Yeah. I'll put that all in the post. So yeah. Yep. So thank you for sticking with us, everybody. I hope nobody felt too bruised through that. I hope we bruised ourselves more than we bruised anybody else. But again, it was just an exercise to show you how to do this yourself. We hope that you found something useful in this. Right. And we appreciate you all because we didn't want to pick somebody else's book and and have everybody feel like we're picking on somebody. Um, So we really appreciate the people who volunteered. Awesome. Okay. So it's time for feeding of the backs. Um, and I'm going to pick on Jamie to go first to tell us Alrighty. what our prompt was and read us what you wrote. All right. So in keeping with our theme, our prompt was change is always hard. And here is my take on change is always hard. 
The old man stood up and mopped his forehead with a kerchief from his back pocket. Kirsten didn't want to sneer, or Kirsten wanted to sneer and did mentally before catching herself. Who still carries a handkerchief? Her sneering self asked. For that matter, who still wears dungarees? I mean, at least denim ones, she corrected herself, remembering the jumpsuit train she'd climbed enthusiastically aboard only a few months prior. The old man was even wearing a long-sleeved shirt underneath, in Kentucky, in August. But her sneering self was swiftly put down by the voice of her judge-not mother, which Kirsten had long ago started to believe was her own true self's voice. After all, she chided herself, you're the damsel in distress here. Shamed, Kirsten dropped her head and twisted her foot, inadvertently turning her ankle. She put a hand on the car to steady herself. You all right, miss? The geezer asked, not sneering, though he had a right to sneer, Kirsten realized, looking down now at the dusty pump on the offending foot. He was clearly concerned, and that was all he was. Yes, I'm just so grateful. I thought you was going down there for a minute, the man said. He took his cap off and passed a hand over a pate Kirsten imagined must have once hosted a mop of sweaty hair on occasions like this one. He glanced to his right and lifted his chin toward the gigantic yellow farmhouse across a field dotted with bundled hay. Why don't you go on up to the house and have my wife look after you? I'm fine, really. Even as the words slipped past her lips, Kirsten felt her face flush. It had been a long time since anyone had offered to look after her. Mm -hmm. The man glanced down at the bulge Kirsten had not bothered to hide for the drive home. Woman in your condition might not want to be out in the heat for so long. I'm fine, really, Kirsten said, and had to bite back the rest of the bitterness that suddenly rushed into her throat like bile. She wasn't in town for a visit with Ma Kettle. She was passing through this nowhere land on the way to see, to see whom? Her own mother? Would mom have even taken the day off to see her settled in? Or would she reunite upon her homecoming with a note on the kitchen counter? Kirsten imagined coming home to that yellow farmhouse. She'd never, see, she'd never seen the woman inside, but knew somehow she was plump and wore an apron. And if she had shoes at all, they would be sensible ones. And likely, if she were expecting company, she'd be wearing hose. And she'd step out on that big porch and lift a hand in greeting as Kirsten rolled up. And then she'd inquire about the donut and the flat. And then she'd apologize for having forgotten to take the apron off. But she'd put on her good dress for the occasion. And that was all the time I had. Oh, Jamie. I love. So when we came out of the sprint, Jamie's like, I wasn't ready to be done writing. I'm not ready for you to be done writing. Like, I love this. Like, I love, first of all, the name Kirsten just seems to fit this, this person. And I love that, like, you know, you are showing how she's kind of up to, and like too good for this area, but then she's drawn to it too, because, you know, how is like these, how are these simple people beneath her when she's going to go home to a mom that doesn't care about her all and here, this could be something. And then she starts as a whole little fantasy. Like, I love it. Loved everything about it. Thanks. I'm drawn into the character and the, the yeah. world. I agree with everything Jen said. And I really want her to go up to the house and see what it's really like. And then, like, and then go home and compare the two. Mm -hmm. Like, I think that would be a great character kind of thing to explore. I appreciate that. Yeah, I did not want to stop writing this. I really was enjoying myself. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love it. G Gigi says, Jamie, your characters are so personal. Love it. Yeah, I agree. Oh, 
Thank you. Yeah, Jamie's characters. Yeah, that's her a super strength with her. This could be a complete novel. I really can see you really like we le- can really get inside this person and learn more about like her life, the, like a women's fiction or literary mm-hmm. fiction. That's what I feel about this. And I would love, love to read a lit fiction from you. I think that that could be amazing. So Thanks, yeah, I everyone. I love yeah. Friday. <laughs> Joan says, Ooh, joining in late, but just wanted to pop in and say, I appreciate the episode. Thanks for all the helpful advice on the cover. Oh, you're welcome, Joan. Hope that you enjoyed it because I, I do love your covers. Me too. I mean, they were great, but yeah, I'm just hoping that like we gave you some sort of insight or I don't know. Yeah, we're not something experts. Something to be helpful. Yeah. Piper says that was so good. Jamie agreed. Thanks. Okay. All right. I'm going to go next. Um, and this is what I came up with for change is always hard. Celestrina squirmed and struggled against the walls trying to break through. She was beginning to think it was a hopeless endeavor. She stopped to rest her sore muscles and catch her ragged breath. Perhaps she should allow herself to drift back into the peaceful slumber she'd been emerged in for the last few weeks. It was so tempting. Her eyes drifted closed and she relaxed her entire body. But something inside of her compelled her. She couldn't give up, not now. Gathering up all her strength, she pushed on the walls. Her jaw began to ache from gritting her teeth, and her lungs screamed for her to take a breath. Ah! she screamed with the last breath of her air. She felt a portion of the wall crack. Cool air seeped in through it and caused a sensation against her that gave her chills in her entire body. Her strength felt renewed, and she began to bang her entire body against the weak portion of the wall. It cracked some more. She attacked it with renewed vigor. She could hear voices now from the other side, but she ignored them as she pushed with renewed strength. Then the wall gave way, cracking open just enough for her to crawl through its papery layers. She stepped out on the edge. All around her, her family waited, fluttering their wings with joy at her emerging. She carefully unfurled her own wings for the first time. They were dark purple and lavender with black designs on them. She Mm -hmm. caught her breath as she gazed at their beauty. Come on, shouted her brother Cho. Fly! You won't believe how awesome it is to fly! Celestrina hesitated. What if she couldn't do it? What if she fell to the ground? Don't be afraid, her mother said with soft confidence. You can do it. So Celestrina jumped. The wind caught in her wings and she was floating. She flapped them and rose on the air current. Joy flooded her soul. I love Aww. this, Nina. At first, I thought it was just the whole thing was going to be like an allegory. And then, like, it, literally, you are writing about a butterfly. And I love it. Yeah. Like, when you, when you said, like, that, you know, she could hear her family flutter in their wings. Like, and I thought, oh, what a great, you know, allegory. Like, you know, like, she's busting through this wall. You know, like, anyways, so good. <laughs> I loved it. I know. Me too. And, like, it's funny because it sort of surprised me. I really mm-hmm. expected this to be another angel that was in captivity. But, oh. that, like, so I thought we were back there. And mm-hmm. so, like, for me, it was really fun to take the journey of it being uh, what it is. And I really... I really enjoyed this. It felt like a very good story to read to children. Yes. Thank you. I love though that like I was like my mind was somewhere else with it for a while. And probably because like I live in a land of home improvement that just seems to never end. (laughs) Um, In my mind, it was drywall. Right. And the paper. It Mm -hmm. It totally fit. 
And so like, but I love that surprise. I like, I love that I was surprised, but like, yeah, it was, so mm-hmm. it was really so. tempting to write cocoon instead of walls. And mm-hmm. I thought, no, no. I'm not going to say anything that gives no, away way that better. She's a butterfly trying to get out of her cocoon. Great no, choice. Way better this way. Yeah. Um, Gigi says, Oh, Tina, so good coming through the wall and she could fly. That's so yeah. great. Piper says, oh, my goodness, Tina, that was such a cool twist. I was thinking a woman kidnapped or something, but then figured out, yeah, me too. I was like, why is she breaking through a wall? And then I'm like, <laughs> then I thought maybe it was going to have a funny twist. Like maybe the neighbors were like making too much noise. Like and she's going to bust through the wall and tell them to shut up. I didn't know. Like, I, but I, like, it's so good. Yeah. And Gigi also Thanks, agreed guys. with uh, Joan that she said it's such a great episode. We appreciate you guys. You guys are so awesome. Okay. So, so it is your turn, Jennifer. All right. Short, because you know that I've, I'm back in Widows of the West and I have written about storms before. And I feel like this is going to be leading up to like one of the storm scenes that I, mm. so change is always hard, but moving from the beautiful lush green lands of her youth to the hot dusty plains of Texas had been specific, especially difficult for Colleen. Pause for a second. Just so you guys know, I don't, I haven't done the research on what the land is like in Texas. So <laughs> don't, don't come at me. Don't come at me if I'm wrong. <laughs> To be fair, Texas had a beauty all its own, and Colleen often found herself admiring God's handiwork in the vast blue skies, a blue that seemed to belong to Texas alone. The way the breeze would sway the desert grasslands near the plateau and the storms that rolled over the valley. The storms were especially beautiful, scary at times, but the same strength and majesty that at times brought devastation to crops and even small buildings was also what made them so beautiful. And if Colleen's senses were correct, they were about to experience some of that majesty this evening. But despite the beauty of this new land, it still did not compare to Ireland. In Ireland, there was green everywhere. The smell of freshness emanated from every corner of the land when it rained, and Colleen had always enjoyed running across the field, absorbing not only the wetness of the rain, but the smell. In Ireland, things were green and fresh and young. In Ireland, she was green and fresh and young. In Texas, she was old. She was dried up and cracked, thirsting for the youth and innocence of her past, a past she left behind for promises that were emptier than the overflow bucket near the garden, and no amount of rain would ever be able to repair the damage Texas had caused her. Oh my gosh, that last bit was so great. Yay. I I love, love, love when you said that she, in Ireland she was green and fresh. Mm-hmm. And like that whole feeling of, of our youth that we've lost. <laughs> I really resonated with that, like Thank mm-hmm. you. Awesome. Yeah. And how she's like attributing all of that. So you wonder, you wonder, okay, so she came to Ireland. It just kind of makes you wonder because, you know, uh, was she running towards something? Was she taken as a child? Did you say, cause I feel really bad if I just, not in this, no, she okay. came, she came to marry Denny. Like he, oh, he promises. Okay. And, uh-huh. yeah. and See, she, because I she brought a dowry. Yeah. Yeah. She'd brought a dowry and that's how the, the land even got um, and purchased. But like he, you know, yeah, there's lots. Of the yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I really appreciate yeah, when you that. You said then. she was dry and cracked and old. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like the empty felt. overflow bucket. Like that's perfect because it says it doesn't rain enough there without saying mm-hmm. it doesn't rain enough there. All right. Thanks. I don't know what an overflow bucket is. I made that up. Oh, I believed <laughs> I you. 
This is like, great when you have naive readers, right? I also believe your description of Texas. It's probably nothing like that. Like I, I would run telling my friends, you know, Texas is like. <laughs> I'll do better research so that I can describe exactly where they are. But yeah, well, Gigi I mean, says I don't she's know if heading to Texas next month, and this is Ooh, take, so good. So, yeah, t- take some notes for me. <laughs> Put Jen in your suitcase. She needs a you know, travel for work trip. Texas is a very large place, and I'm sure right. there are like the dry, dusty, cracked areas with the tumbleweeds, as right. well as the greener areas where there are rivers. And but are they all together where she is? You know that's what I'm saying. Like I know all these things are true about Texas, but like, are they, can she look out, out her uh, on her porch and see all of it at one time? Probably not. So, and my sister-in-law lives in Fort Lauderdale, which I believe is like a not Fort Lauderdale, San Antonio. Yeah. It's like on the beach kind of mm-hmm. situation. Piper says, oh, my goodness, the whole she was old. The overflow bucket at the edge of the garden feels so bad for her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thank you. Liz says, I love comparing her to the landscape. Thank yep. you. Mm-hmm. And Teresa says she loves all our sprints. Yay. Thanks, Thanks. Teresa. Okay. Yeah, so, I, yeah, I am going to read yours as soon as we're out of here. So it's just for the sake of the fact that there were over time. Let's real quick mm-hmm. give our what's next. Jamie, what's next for you? Last week, I committed to writing Monday through Friday, and I'm pleased to say that I wrote uh, today, and I wrote Monday and Tuesday, and then for some reason just forgot that I was going to do that. I guess I was busy. I don't know. But anyway, three out of five ain't bad. Yay, me. I agree. I'd like to write more, and so that's where I'm at. What about you, Tina? Oh, well, I'm just going to be working my plan that I came up with. And um, my daughter's baby shower is tomorrow, so I'm looking forward to that. Yeah. And that's Yay. my cousin's coming in from Indiana, so going to Frankenmuth for dinner. So that's about it. All right. And for me, I am editing, still editing, and I'm also trying to plan out, do some more planning stuff for this next quarter and try to end the year strong. So that's what I'm doing. Awesome. Okay, so next week we're having our blurb clinic. So if you want us to clinic your blurb, go to the listeners of the Christian Indie Writers Podcast Facebook group. Join if you haven't already. Make sure you answer the the questions to join. Um, Some people miss that. And um, that's what we're going to do next week. So until then, may your pen be prolific, your deadlines be met, and may all of your words honor Christ. Bye. Bye now. Bye now.